Hello and welcome to episode 15 of Dark Rose Comics Podcast. We are back after a quick two weeks off. Just, you know, tending to stuff. And also going to the uh, Niagara Falls Comic Con. So that was a lot of fun. We'll be talking about that in a little bit. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E. And I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. This is a podcast where two nerdy guys brew themselves a nice hot cup of coffee and then sitting down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. Uh, the coffee that we'll be brewing today is called Lemon Tea Daydream, roasted by Luna Coffee. Lemon Tea, Lemon Daydream. tea Daydream. That's it. Kind of have an idea what it's going to taste like, but hey, maybe we'll be surprised. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm expecting the surprised part. <laughs> Uh, the comic we'll be discussing today is Justice League number one, the brand new Justice League number one. Uh, whether you're a regular or a first-time listener, if you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes and Google Play. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, if you got a few minutes to spare, please leave us a review and a rating and make sure to tell your friends about this podcast. Uh, before we go make that coffee, though, that, well, lemon tea coffee... Uh, let's catch up a little bit. It's been a few weeks, so I figured it'd be quite a few things for us to talk about. Uh, how have you been? How have you been, Jerry? Hmm. Well, let's start you off. But Victor... Let's have you start us off. But Victor... This time. You, you always go first. No. Not this time, buddy. <laughs> not this time. <laughs> Alright, fine. All right, I'll go first. Okay. Um, so, beginning of the month, beginning of June, that weekend, uh, we went to... My wife and I went to the Niagara Falls Comic Con. That was pretty fun. Uh, we got to meet some pretty cool people. We got to meet some good local artists too. And um, we went there. We saw we saw Peter David, the writer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw Chris Pachalo, the artist for Marvel, and uh, we saw Jim Steranko, mm. and we saw Neil Adams. But we actually didn't get anything signed from Neil Adams because I. I almost like to say Neil Diamond. <laughs> I was like, how'd you do that? No, Neil Diamond <laughs> wasn't there. But, <laughs> but there was a cool panel, um, and it was uh, Trish Stratus and Lita. Mm. Yeah, from the uh, from WWE, and they were back in the WWF days. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, they, they were there early WWE days. Yeah, 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 yeah. At but least, like, at least uh, not Trish, uh, at least Lita was, though. Lita was, yeah. 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 So that was pretty cool, and uh, they did the panel. Um, they did like a little side panel, which is which is fun. But we didn't do any photo ops or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We're uh, running a little low on funds at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was a good, it was a good time, and it was located down in Niagara Falls, so you can't can't ever be upset with that. Just yeah. When you're done with the con, you're walking around the falls, so that's always fun. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, what? How about you? What have you been doing, Victor? Well. Uh, I went to my first Anime North experience. Nice. Uh, a couple weeks ago as well. Yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I only went for a day, so I I don't think I got the full experience. Okay. Because I imagine, obviously, the Friday or the Saturday would be busier than the Sunday, right? Right. But uh, it was good. Uh, got to see a lot of artists. Got to see a lot of um, the stuff that they had to offer. A lot of cool figures. A lot of pop figures being sold. Yeah, I think like almost every booth. Yeah, that's the thing now. Was selling pop figures. Yeah, everyone's uh, trying to get in on the pop figures. Yeah, but there's just so many out there, right? So a lot of stores could hold them. Yeah, yeah. It's not like one of those you do only. There's only like seven figures out there. There's like hundreds. Yeah, so. but I mean, yeah, it was more or less. They they all have more or less the same stock. Yeah. Uh, 
tried to look for some more Dragon Ball Super stuff there because they did hold the Dragon Ball Super tournament there right, on Saturday. Right. Uh, did you play in it? No, I didn't. Oh. Didn't get a chance, unfortunately. Um, I see. But it was a good experience. Again, always good to see the uh, the artists, good to see the cosplayers. Some of those uh, costumes were really, really inventive. Like like the stuff that that stuff that they came out with, like it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was it was really good. I saw a samurai Pikachu. That was cool. Samurai Pikachu. Samurai Pikachu. But did he still have to smile on and everything? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was, it okay. Was, it was something else. Something else. But I may try and get the full experience next year. Uh, but I would it's say what over- a three day event. Three day event. Yeah. But overall, I don't think. Uh, I don't think it was a bad experience overall. I think I was expecting a little bit more. Right. But again, that's because I went on the Sunday probably. Yeah. So yeah. next that's year. That's kind of like, sort of like how it starts to slow down. Yeah. Yeah. So come uh, come next year, I'll definitely try and go at least on the Saturday. Right. So yeah, at least yeah. on the busiest day, right? But yeah, that was me. That was me. <gasps> I don't know what I dropped, but that was <laughs> me. <laughs> I don't know what you dropped either. What? <laughs> I don't know. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Something hit the ground. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it's on the ground now. And, and it won't be picked up till later. Till later. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah. So uh with that, let's uh let's go brew that coffee and then we'll come back and talk about just You like my reaction but, on that uh, one, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, let's do it. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, what? Wait, we forgot to say it. It's coffee time. It's coffee time. Coffee time. Okay, and welcome to our coffee segment where we try one of the coffees that are sent in to us and have it accompany us throughout our comics discussion. Okay. During this segment, we'll be trying to identify all of the different fragrance and flavor notes uh-huh. and see how well we did compared to the notes provided to us. Oh. Today, we have a coffee from Norino, Colombia called Lemon Tea Daydream. Oh. And it's been roasted by Luna Coffee out in Vancouver, British Columbia. What's up? <laughs> Hello, people from Vancouver. And as always, <laughs> Jerry, why don't you start us off with a little bit of a sniff sniff? All right, here we go. Okay, so I don't know if this would be considered cheating, but uh, there's a hint of lemon. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, uh, okay, you know what? I'm going to break down which tea it is. I think it's a black tea. Almost like a oolong type flavor. Okay. Like type scent. Sorry. I was gonna yeah, say. I'm going to say it's... <laughs> yeah, I like to smell with my mouth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think, yeah, it's like... Uh, you can definitely get the sweetness. Yeah. It, it's like it's just permeating. Yeah. And, uh, but the tea itself, like uh, there's different types of tea and those will give you the different, ta- uh, different yeah. uh, scents and stuff yeah. like that, right? So I definitely think it's more closer towards a black tea. Uh, more of a, a, a oolong type type deal. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Give it a try, Victor. All right. Let's, let's take a little sniff here. Okay, he's going in. Mm. Oh. Mm-hmm. That smells so good. Right? <laughs> oh, it's so good. I'm excited. I'm excited. I, get, I, get, uh, I do get a, a hint of the sour notes in the smell. You do? Yeah, it's strange. I know. How do you smell sour, right? Well, I mean, there's lots of things that can yeah. smell sour, but, but and then, uh, but not in this sense, yeah. I guess. Uh, I do smell the sweetness comes out pretty, pretty strong in this one. I do get a bit of zest, 
And I feel like there's there is a bit of an herbal element to it. Okay. Like an herbal element. I'm not quite sure what it is, but What would you attribute the zest to? Like a like a like a lemon or orange peel. Orange peel, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's like a very like a zesty, like a citrusy, zesty, you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. Okay. I don't know if that's influenced by the name at all, but <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what I'm getting. All right. Okay, let's you know, let's give it a taste. Yeah, go and, ahead. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Please, I know you're thirsty. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thirst trap. <laughs> there you go. There, there we go, go, buddy. There we go. It's nice. Okay. It's um it's very subtle. Mm-hmm. I do get more of the sour note you're talking about now. Okay. There is that sour undertone. Okay. Um and it's yeah, that that tea leaf taste is there, but it's not as obvious as like obviously it's if you had like a tea, like if you if you made a tea yeah. for yourself, it's yeah. it's very different from that. But I think the the notes is the notes are there. Mm-hmm. You know, the lemon. Mm, the lemon, the lemon is there, but it's very subtle. It's almost it's almost non. Like it's not, it's almost non-existent. Yeah. And it's uh, there's there's there was more of that in the scent, mm. but I'm not really getting it in the taste. Yeah. The sourness I think is coming from that lemon. Yeah. And it's um, and it has a bit like the the Christmas that I'm like kind of expecting from it mm-hmm. isn't quite there. Okay. But it's very neutral. It's it's very pleasant actually. So, you know, that's why I think maybe they they don't they can't put in that much lemon. Taste. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Because then it would just overwhelm it. I think. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Give it a try. Yeah, go for it, Victor. I will, Jerry. Go for it. I will. Take it easy. All right. Holy okay. smokes. Okay. Jeez. Didn't Jesus. go for my sip yet. I'm just trying to just trying to hype up the coffee. Hmm. it's pretty good, right? This is, yeah. I think this one might be my favorite one so far. <laughs> We've said that like three times. <laughs> mm. But that just goes to show, like they just. Mm. They're all so very good, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, I do get, I do get a, a a hint of the lemon on the back. It actually, it's not very strong, like you like you said. A lot of sweetness in this one too. Yeah, a lot of sweetness. Like, like it's it's almost like a lemon iced tea. That's exactly what it is, like a lemon black tea. Lemon black tea, yeah. yeah, like a lemon black tea. I wouldn't say iced tea because iced yeah. tea will like, yeah, on its own will have like added sugar. Yeah, so you're supposed to get more of the sweetness. You, you don't get that here. This no. is very much like a lemon tea. Yeah, it's a lemon black tea. Yeah. Um. Mm, I'm just wondering if there's anything else. I don't know. I'm not. I didn't taste anything else in it. Oh, that's so uncanny! How close that is to lemon black tea. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. That is so refreshing. Yeah. Wow. It's very good. Wow. It's very solid. I wonder what this would taste like as an iced coffee. We can always do that later. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah, let's do that later. Let's brew it, yeah. chill it down, <laughs> stick it in the fridge. No, you just pour it over ice. Then you can cool it down. That's how they make iced coffees at Tim Hortons. No. Well, yeah, but like, I don't know. I, I always find that if you pour it over ice... Then it just dilutes it. No, you do it over enough ice, it'll cool down fast enough. Yeah, I mean, you'll get a little bit more water in it, but what's, what's so. the deal with that, right? 
Well, I guess when we brew it, we can always brew it with less water to begin with so that it becomes stronger. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. But yeah, you know what? Let's do, let's do it mm-hmm. as a... So we're, we're going to do it later on as an iced tea. Yeah. Uh, I see. As an iced coffee as well. Yeah. And then uh, we'll, we'll let you know all about it next week. Yeah. Or we'll just tweet out the result. I yeah. don't know. Um, so I'm going to go with... It, it's uh, pretty good. I'm going to go with lemon. Black tea. Right. And uh, that's it. Cool. <laughs> I'm gonna go with two. I'm gonna go with two. Yeah, same same thing over same here. Thing. Same thing over here. I I like that earlier you were mentioning the um, the orange peel, mm-hmm. but from the taste, I think it's kind of gone away. Yeah. Yeah. I can I can see I can kind of like understand why you would like smell it, but from the taste, it's not there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna go with lemon, and I'm gonna go with black tea. Yeah. I still have a, more of an inkling towards oolong. I'm not sure if they'll mention it as a okay. specific type of black tea. Yeah. But I'm going to go with that. I'm going to go with lemon and oolong black tea. All right. Let's do the reveal. Let's do it. Let's see what we got. Sweet lemon and black tea. Hey! hey! 100%. Is, oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, man. 100%. Oh, this is such a successful... This has been a very successful... <laughs> taste test that we did all by ourselves with no assist uh nobody you know nobody passing us the rock we we did it ourselves and drove baseline to baseline on this one we are lebron james we are very much lebron james um as you know i just want i just want to thank my mama i just want to, I just want to thank my dad i just want to thank my wife but for real for, for believing was, in me this is a really good coffee so good i really so really good. enjoy this one i wonder if we would i think we would have still gotten the taste even without seeing the name like if, even if they didn't call it lemon tea yeah. something drink like it's coming it, it comes out like so it comes distinct. out yeah it's so distinct and i remember there was one there was a couple from before where it would have like that floral taste but you can't really like yeah it's hard to tell this one you can tell it's tea from yeah. the moment you drink it you can yeah. tell that flavor is yeah, there yeah exactly so no, good, good on them. This is this has been incredible. Yeah, definitely yeah. gonna have to try. No, this but I'm really nice excited coffee. about trying it as an iced coffee. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to do that now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, really love the coffee, uh, and I'm glad that we chose this one to to accompany us throughout our discussion today, for sure. Yeah, definitely. All right, so with that, let's take this and let's go uh, talk about Justice League. Let's do it. And we're at the comic segment. In this segment, what we usually do is we take some of our favorite comics and we analyze them, we discuss them, and we, we break it down when we talk about the themes that are present in the book. Uh, for this week, we're going to be talking about Justice League number one, published by DC Comics. Uh, this book's written by Scott Snyder with art done by Jim Chunk on pencils and Mark Morales on ink, colors done by Tommy Mori, and letters done by Tom Napolitano. Tom Napolitano. The usual suspect. <laughs> That's my boy right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm actually really excited about this book. This book's a lot of fun, uh, but a lot of things that we can talk about in this book as well. Yeah. Um, so let's let's go over. Uh, well, also just for your you know for your sake, uh, there will be spoilers in this segment. Uh, we will, we're gonna go through a sort of a spoiler thing at the beginning of each of these segments because uh, as much as we want to stay spoiler free. Uh, a lot of things that we'll be talking about does require us to get to certain parts of the book, so there will be spoilers coming up. So you have been warned. Go read this book first, and then come back and uh, listen to the segment. Okay, so first thing, what do you think about the book? Did you did you read Justice League prior to this? 
I, like which mm. was the last volume of Justice League you read before this? Like the last, last, last full volume of Justice League that I read. Uh, what guys like you dabbled into would be uh, Jeff Johns' run. <laughs> oh, <laughs> in New Fifty Two, <laughs> that would be the last one I probably dabbled in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one, that one was fun though. That one was nice. That was good. Yeah, and uh, that one had like very sort of similar epicness to it. Yeah, but. Um, I think the scale for that one really blew up after it got to like the Dark Side Wars. That so. was yeah, that was the yeah. one. That's that was a part of his run that I read the most. Dark Side Wars? It was a Dark Side Wars. Yeah, yeah. Only because the artwork was so cool. I was like, "Whoa. <laughs> it's like Tron, but Justice League." <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess so. I guess so with Tron. Um, but yeah, so this uh this is a new volume of Justice League. Uh, Rebirth actually had it had his own volume as well. Yeah, it was yeah. uh, Brian Hitch that was on it. Yeah, and then um, Christopher Priest took over that one, I think. But it, he only had a few issues to work with on that, uh, and now they're restarting it again. And this time is with Scott Snyder, and this is essentially the continuation of his Dark Knight's Metal story. Um, basically, what happened after the end of Dark Knight's Metal. So, if you've been following our following our podcast. Uh, we've spent the sort of our early few episodes of the podcast talking about Dark Knight's Metal and the uh, the other tie-in books with that event. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that, go back and listen to it. Uh, we talk about what happens at the end of Dark Knight's Metal, uh, which is that the heroes, you know, they become they they're triumphant, but at the same time they've shattered the Source Wall. Mm-hmm. So the Source Wall being sort of the known edge of the multiverse or the known edge of the universe. Um, so now that that's shattered, there's a bunch of new things, new ideas, new energies that are going to be leaking into our regular sort of uh, multiverse that we're used yeah. to. So this book talks about that. Justice League talks about what happens after that source all breaks apart. So first thing I want to get into is the fact that Martian Manhunter is back on the he's Justice back. League. John's John's is back. Yeah, he's he's back on the Justice League. Very excited. We haven't seen him on an actual proper Justice League book for a while. In a long time. In a long time. Yeah. yeah. So we were. It was actually really exciting seeing him in Dark Knight's Metal, making a comeback, and then here seeing him actually joining as part of the sort of like the founding members of this new league. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's cool because right away they establish sort of his his importance to the team of being the guy that's in the background keeping everyone together making sure that everyone is working in unison, right? Mm-hmm. And that's actually one of the themes that get talked about quite a bit in this book, which is the idea of being alone versus being together mm-hmm. right? on a team and stuff yeah. like that, you know, as a group compared to, you know, operating alone. Yeah. Um, so in this book, um, did you want to sort of like break down a little bit on like the events that happen in the book? Yeah, so... Uh, the Justice League is separated into, I believe, four teams, I think it is. Four teams of two. And they're fighting different groups of Neanderthals, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, Neanderthals, sorry. That's yeah. how it's pronounced, Neanderthals. Neanderthals? Yeah. I, I say Neanderthals. <laughs> no, that's... It's so actually, I'm wrong. Oh. So I should pronounce Neanderthals. Okay. Homo neander, neanderthalensis is... Neanderthalensis, I think, is... Is a proper species name for Neanderthals. Oh. Because we're Homo sapiens. Right. Well, Homo sapiens sapiens. Right. Yeah, but they're Homo neanderthalensis. That's their thing. Anyways, that's beside the point. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so yeah, they're fighting. Um, actually, it might have been. It might be. It might be six teams actually. Now, now I'm trying to recall. Yeah. Because there's six. There. So okay. So all right. So I'm going <laughs> off on a tangent because there's so much going on yeah. in this issue. But um, yes, there were six. They're, and confirmed. Yeah, six. they're broken into six teams because. Um, uh, the Neanderthals took six different evolutionary paths, uh, which was orchestrated by Vandal Savage mm-hmm. in order to uh, take over planet Earth. Right? So, uh, Vandal Savage concocted this plan uh, in order to basically take over the planet with the Neanderthals and to overthrow the Justice League, basically. Right? Uh, of course, uh, John Johns is back and he's connected all the minds of the Justice League members. Um, so that they can telepathically talk to each other while they're still on different parts of the earth fighting these different uh, groups of Neanderthals. Right. Right. Um, plan gets foiled, obviously. And then <laughs> uh, and then the Neanderthals are arguing with Vandal Savage, saying, hey, man, like, you, you promised us this, this would work <laughs> and you would deliver us planet Earth. Yeah. And we would conquer it. And then at that point, Lex Luthor comes back or comes to him. Yeah. And uh, brutally murders Vandal Savage. Yeah. Murders. Yeah. We don't know, right? We don't know because he's an immortal, right? Yeah. Uh, and in the process also brings along the Legion of Doom. Yeah. Uh, and then we also see that a totality is coming towards Earth. Yeah. This big ball of just old energy, according to Cyborg is old. And um, the League at that point, as well as the Legion of Doom, are try- trying to figure out, well, what are we going to do with this? Right, and then it ends up becoming a debate about um, whether or not we should destroy this energy right away, or this totality right away, mm-hmm. or if we should allow it to come to Earth and, and figure out what it wants. Yeah, and then, uh, and then of course, John's John's John sees visions of a future where I guess the totality reaches Earth. And it don't look too good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it don't look too good. Uh, so <clears throat> the, the the issue basically ends there. And then we're left with this debate. Right? What are we going to do with this totality? Yeah. Right? Uh, and actually, this leads into uh, some good points that you brought up about the totality um, and, and what it means as well to this issue. So, Jerry, why don't you, why don't you break it down for us <laughs> a little bit, huh? All right. Before I get into... The discussion about totality. Uh, I just want to quickly bring your attention to the fact that they destroyed the moon. Yeah, <laughs> I failed to mention that. <laughs> Didn't seem too important to me at the time. At the time, <laughs> at the time, one moon, one moon, totality, all of universe. It's, it's fine. It's one moon. It's fine. But <laughs> they had this plan. They uh, they actually kind of figured out that um, Vandal Savage is trying to rip apart the Earth so that yeah. the moon will essentially pull the it they, they were saying something the, about the gravitational it pull, will pull right? it the will pull surface the of the earth crust to, off yeah yeah right yeah um so he's gonna pull the crust off towards the moon yeah. so uh john johns he was like okay the moon the molten iron ring uh it's gonna start pulling apart the part the, the the crust and we're gonna have to destroy it so he turns into this like ancient dragon yeah which is cool by the way yeah super cool he shapeshifts into this ancient dragon then tells batman Hey, can you activate the bombs on the moon when I go make contact with this 
you know, yeah. when I go make contact with the moon. Yeah. And then <laughs> Batman goes, bombs, what? What are you, what? What are you talking what are you, about? What are you talking about? <laughs> Completely foiled. <laughs> you know. And then John Jones goes, Batman? It is a guy. Okay. <laughs> so they go, makes contact, and it sort of happens off panel that they destroy the moon. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they don't actually talk about it until later on. Flash kind of brings it up. It's like, oh, by the way, before we just completely brush off the fact that we destroy the moon, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. it's something about the totality. So it's kind of weird because now they don't have a moon because <laughs> now Earth doesn't have a moon anymore which is actually which has huge ramifications when you exactly think about it. yeah because we have tidal waves because of the moon yeah but that, that's besides the but, point but, yeah, I get you know like that's when you know it's a comic book that's when you know it's a well yeah that's when you know it's a comic book but that's why you, also you when you know that they have always had bigger problems yeah when the moon is destroyed and they go yeah but <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is coming to Earth right like it's it's <laughs> It's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. Because if the, if the moon was destroyed for us, we'd be, we'd be like, we're dead. We're freaking out. We're, it's over. <laughs> right? Yeah, pretty like, much. Nah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, the thing I wanted to bring up about the totality is, so from the first page, you got the idea that um, it there's this energy that's flying through the universe, right? And then it's showing you uh, a panel of the heroes from 85,000 years from now like different heroes yeah. at that point 85,000 years ago 5,000 years from now and now mm-hmm. but there's always been the one constant which is this totality yeah right so this thing is coming to earth and in the story they've got about like three minutes until impact because uh, John John saw that and he called a psychic boardroom together so he pulled everybody together yeah. in this boardroom which is cool which is pretty cool yeah and he's like oh by the way yeah this is the first iteration the more we do it the cooler the room will look yeah so he pulls this room together and he's talking to them and he's telling them about this totality that's approaching so they're starting to talk about the fact that what if it's a what if it's a sentient being yeah right and Aquaman says that he's known evil gods and he's you know Mm -hmm. we should destroy it Mm -hmm. but then the Flash is saying like if this is an unknown it's kind of like the speed force if it's a phenomenon and it mm-hmm. could be something that could aid the Earth. Yeah. It could be something that can aid sort of the dying multiverse. Yeah. Right? Now that it's sort of exposed out into beyond the source wall. Yeah. So it leads into the debate, the debate that you were saying earlier about whether or not they should embrace it or destroy it. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing I wanted to talk about. Um, there was an essay that was written back in 1961. Um, it was by Emmanuel Levinas. Mm-hmm. And the essay is called Totality and Affinity. Uh, it's an, an essay on exteriority. The essay itself is is quite confusing because of the wording. And, and the concept folks. itself yeah. is very much... The concept is very out there. As is most philosophy. As is, yeah, <laughs> as is most philosophy. Uh, he, this is considered one of the most important philosophical papers. Yeah. But because of how complex it was, it wasn't... It wasn't sort of received very well by mm-hmm. people because they mm-hmm. just couldn't really understand it yeah i took a dabble into it still don't fully understand it but the the main ideas are there and it and it connects very well to what we're actually seeing in justice league mm-hmm. so i wanted to sort of bring that up a little bit so the idea of it is to confront the other the other in brackets um and opening up possibilities of otherness yeah um and it's at its core sort of a concept of morals concept of moral responsibilities and stuff like that 
Um, so in the in the essay, they talk about so it's it's an essay on exteriority, but uh, the interiority is the way in which a being refers to itself. So the idea is that you're going beyond how you refer to yourself, yeah, and you're t- sort of trying to get an understanding of how to connect with others. Mm-hmm. Um, so a quote from the essay, uh, I found that this was a pretty good quote. To approach the other in conversation is to wa- is to welcome his expression, in which at each instant he overflows the idea a thought would carry away from it. It is therefore to receive from the other beyond the capacity of the eye, which means exactly to have the idea of infinity. So once I think the idea here is that once you welcome the other into your life, once you welcome the the other in a conversation or in just some sort of a road to discovery, you start opening up the possibilities of the infinity, which is like an infinite amount of possibilities, uh, you know, results, whatever, all that yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. In this book, and sort of what Scott Center has been building up to, is an infinite I- infinite source of ideas coming from outside the source wall. Yeah. So in a sense, the other in this story I feel like is being is that sort of sentient being flying through the universe. That is sort of the messenger from outside of the source wall coming so that it's coming to the regular universe so that people can sort of come face to face with it. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so I found that it's got a pretty sort of direct relationship to this essay. And and it you know, and it talks about how one, even like the things that you're referring to yourself, the interiority, is really your own personal totality because you already know what it is. Mm-hmm. Things that you already know about. It's sort of things of the past. By opening up yourself to others, you're opening yourself up to other possibilities out there that you may not have already known, right? Mm-hmm. And it leads into, in the essay, it leads into this whole idea of moral responsibility that you only understand additional moral responsibility and sort of like your moral compass the more you expose to the others that you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, because your choices, while you still have personal freedom, is is then changed based upon your personal moral responsibility towards others. Mm-hmm. That part is a little complex. Um, and it's not, and it's sort of like a part that I don't think is super relevant to the story. It may be later on. We don't know because it's only issue one. But maybe that's something we'll touch upon later. And maybe yeah. I'll try to spend more time into sort of dissecting down that essay as well. But I feel like that is going to be a very strong theme that is being mentioned in this. That will be, you know, tied into the book. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, when you talk about the idea of totality and responsibilities to others, it's it's a double-edged sword when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Right, because yeah, you're opening up an infinite amount of possibilities for of different, I guess, occurring results. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that all the results are going to be good. Yeah, right. And I think that's where where the debate comes from. Right, there's no definitive answer because you don't. You, no matter how many good outcomes there are, there's going to be equally a, an equal amount of of bad ones as well. Yeah, right. So and yeah, infinite possibilities, infinitely good, infinitely bad. You never know. Yeah. Right. So, uh, <clears throat> it's almost like uh, to me, it's almost like a situation of, like, 
curiosity killed killed the cat sort of thing mm-hmm. right uh like you're trying to solve an unknown problem with another unknown and i don't know to me that i don't that has never really worked out well in the comics yeah you get what i mean right uh <clears throat> with the only exception so far being metal <laughs> right where it, it they had an unknown problem and they solved it with an unknown solution yeah let's just the let's unknown just, tenth metal yeah the uh, let's yeah. just let's just dive in let's just die in in this pool of lava and see what happens <laughs> <laughs> oh look we found tenth metal what <laughs> that was the only situation in, in which that worked out yeah right and this again being a scott snyder story it could very well end up working out that way as well in the end of this uh, storyline right mm-hmm uh but to me so far like again curiosity killed the cat um i don't i like i don't know if it's a good idea to start messing with unknowns but i i also understand the situation that they're in with their multiverse so i'm just slowly dying yeah so i don't know i don't know we'll have to see (laughs) (laughs) like it's almost like i'm trying to have this debate with myself as well yeah like what should they do yeah, what should they do but it, it puts yourself it puts you in that situation too with them in the boardroom because they're debating the exact same thing yeah right they don't know what to do with this totality yeah because yeah. I mean truthfully they're only doing it because there's a chance that it may help them yeah right and the multiverse slowly dying is a big enough problem that if allowing this totality to come in makes the problem bigger what does it matter? Yeah. Right? Because the multiverse is slowly dying anyway. If this is not going to save them, perhaps nothing will. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. Right? The way that I see it is, I mean, I personally would have gotten rid of the totality and then tried to find another way to fix the multiverse. But see, what if that other way comes in sort of a similar form as the totality? Well, you, you never know. Right? right? Like, again. So that's like, the thing. It's it's asking for additional possibility right yeah and the totality represents that it represents an infinite amount of possibilities that you can possibly have by welcoming something from outside of the source wall hmm right yeah because if you get rid of totality and you're saying okay let's see what the next one comes along when the next one comes along it still will be a similar unknown yeah, I guess, but I'm just saying that they could probably solve it without a totality occurring. That's what I'm saying. We got we got Batman. <laughs> <laughs> we got the greatest mind in the multiverse. <laughs> and we got Barry Allen. I'm sure they can He can run very fast. He can run very fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they could I'm sure they can figure it out. But I don't think them I mean cuz they're they're, they're going to bring in the totality. Let's be honest with yourself. Well, I think yeah. on the last page, it made contact, right? Yeah, they made, I'm pretty sure yeah. that's that was the case. They, yeah. they brought it in. So we'll have to see what the initial events that occur after that are going to be. Yeah. Uh, I have a feeling it's probably not going to be good. But again, Scott Snyder's story. So it's at the ending, we'll probably have something to do with hope and... Yeah, teamwork and they might and hope it all away. They might hope it all away, <laughs> <laughs> which I'm fine with because DC has been lacking that for a while, long time. Yeah, yeah. So 
like now there it's now it's always on the forefront and that yeah. you know hope is always on the forefront yeah. which is good yeah they just need even more of it like they yeah. they need to really drown out yeah the things that were happening in new 52 well new 52 was like batman versus superman but extended for 10 years yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah that that was like five years of crazy just crazy dark oh yeah um but I mean, there's some good stuff that came out of it too, right? But you know, those stuff was pretty dark too. Um, I think the only good stuff that came out of it was the Batman stuff. See, I like Bat. Okay, so I like Batman because that stuff I worked liked- for Batman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I liked Justice League in it because yeah. Jeff Johns told a more grander story in Justice League. I yeah. liked Aquaman in it because he actually got sort of his reputation back from New Fifty Two. I liked Jeff Lemire's um, Jeff Lemire's. Uh, Green Arrow, yeah, because that's when you really got to see Sorrentino on like full display, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah, um, so you know there were there were good books that came out of it, but yeah, a, a lot of it did rev- sort of revolve around this sort of dark, impending doom type feeling. Yeah, so, but Rebirth is changing that up, so you know, yeah, that's always good. Yeah, not to say that there's never a dark, impending doom in Rebirth. There, oh, there, there are, always there are is. Lots, yeah. <laughs> But I think the way that they go about solving it is is much more yeah. on the brighter side of things. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And like for this book, I don't. I I think moving forward, it was gonna be Jim Chung, and I think it's gonna be uh, Jorge Jimenez that's not gonna be on it. Uh, both uh, of them, yeah. both of them draw sort of um, brighter figures, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, especially Jimenez. I really liked the artwork in this issue. Yeah. I really yeah, liked yeah. it. I, I felt like it actually changed halfway. Did you get that sense? It looked like it. Yeah. I'm not sure if that just because the setting changed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, because in the psychic boardroom, everything was like very dark. Yeah. And then they so. just, and the, yeah, from the psychic boardroom, because these panels were back to back, from the psychic boardroom to when they showed the Legion of Doom. At least I think the I remember these panels being back to back anyway. Like it looked very different. Yeah. Like the artwork looked very different. I think it could be because of the coloring. That could be it too. Yeah, I think it's because yeah. of the colors. But. Yeah, that could be it too. Um but yeah, no, Jim Chung's amazing. Yeah. Uh I've always seen his stuff on on Marvel, on Marvel books. Mm-hmm. Um and sort of when I got into Marvel and like Marvel Now and stuff like, you know, years back. Um I saw his stuff on there. It was pretty great. Mm-hmm. I liked it. But uh, it's good to see him come on DC, because you know, because you know DC's getting everyone now. So yeah. <laughs> everyone's going to DC. So you know Bendis, you know. <laughs> so it's a good book. Uh, I, I do really enjoy it. Um, what do you think? What What do you think moving forward will be the role for the Legion of Doom? See, that's a good question because. Within the within this initial issue, you, I you still don't get a good sense of why they're there. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like like Lex just comes out of nowhere, brings a Legion of Doom, and it's like, yeah, we we know what this totality is about, and then that's it. And that's <laughs> that's that's all you get from them, right? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Um, that that could be um some foreshadowing that this totality and it it was mentioned within the boardroom as well that this totality as long as you have the key to it uh, would provide the individual that unlocks it with um, 
infinite power, so to speak, right? right? Uh, so the Legion could tr- be trying to go at going could be trying to go after that. Um, but really, within the immediate story, that's all I can see from them, right? Just trying to uh, get this totality for themselves. Uh, granted that it's not a sentient being on its own or anything, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't get a good sense of why they're there, in all honesty, right? In, in all it was honesty. odd. Yeah. yeah, because it's just like, why... It almost wasn't necessary for them to be there, right? Especially in this issue. Yeah. I felt like there was enough going on already. Yeah. I feel like if, they, if the way it should have played out, in my opinion is this first issue should have been focused on the league and and what their plans are to do with the totality and then once we figure out what the totality is about and what it can do then that's that's a good time to introduce the legion of doom because then we know that this is something that's valuable and that's this is exactly why the league is or sorry the legion of doom is here because mm-hmm. they want to take it Right now, we don't even know if the totality is something that anybody wants, right? Yeah. We have no clue what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So it could be, again, it could be foreshadowing that this totality is something that people want to acquire. Um, I'm, I'm assuming that's the only reason why they're there. But other than that, I have no clue. Yeah, and it's... The Legion is assembled by... So it's, it's assembled with Joker, Sinestro, Gorilla Grodd, Black Manta, Cheetah. Yep. The usual suspects. Yeah. But it's... There is no purpose. To, like, there was no gathering of these minds. Like, you don't yeah. really know why they've gathered together. Unless unless you're assuming that they've already been gathered um, previously for some other reason. Like, again, these are the usual suspects, right? So, so they're used to working together. Uh, they could have just been convening for the sake of convening up until this point and then the totality comes in and that, now they're like okay well now is our time to act sort of thing yeah really they could have just they could have just band, banded together and just stuck together just just in case something big comes around that they can that they can take for themselves right, right. It, I mean when you really think about it the league the legion of doom is the antithesis of the league mm-hmm. right because uh, the league the league is together and then, and then, uh, when something bad happens, or when a big event happens, they go out and they fight together. When you think of the Legion of Doom, it's it's almost the same thing, right? They're together for the sick and beak together, and then when they feel like there's something that they want, they act together to take it. Yeah. Okay. Right? I see what you mean. It just, yeah, this first issue, like you saw the grand entrance of them coming in. Yeah. And they they did nothing else for the that's it. For the it, issue. It, was, yeah. it was just like the they were in like maybe maybe three panels. Yeah, they came in, okay, hey, and then that's it. They just kept. They stood in the same spot too later on. Yeah, like they didn't the move. last panel. They were in the same panel. <laughs> they didn't move. <laughs> <laughs> so, I I don't know. Like I don't really know what it is that Scott's got planned for the Legion of Doom. But I felt like yeah, in the first issue maybe it wasn't the best idea to bring them in. Yeah, but still it was good to see them. Just wish they had more, you know. I think the the benefit of them coming in now is that they don't have to waste time to introduce them later into the story, mm-hmm. right? Like when basically the way that the way that Scott's writing the story at this point, after introducing them, he can just bring them in whenever they want without 
wasting time to to do a setup, right? I mean, truthfully, truthfully, like the Legion of Doom doesn't need a setup anyway, right? Because most comic book readers will know who they are, yeah, right. Um, if not a, if not as a group, at least individually, yeah, right. And um, now he can just again just bring them in whenever they want, insert them into the story without too much setup. Um, and then just continue on his way from there. Yeah. Right. Like that's that to me. That's the added benefit. But that's really about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Though the way that the way that the Legion was drawn, and that initial panel was really cool. Yeah. Like the artwork was sharp in that panel. Yeah, the the Joker looked like a usual psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Black Manta, expressionless. Yeah. Through the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see where they go with it. Um, and I think John, John Johns is the only one he, that knows of sort of their existence right now, right? Or like, like an energy permeating from them. Because, uh, right before Vandal died, he sent the, the message over to, to, to Marshall Manhunter. Yeah. So I think he's the only one right now that, that's that can sense that there's a legion yeah. forming. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, it'll be interesting to see what he does with that information. Because he, he did say earlier in the issue that he's been, he still keeps stuff away from the league because he's unsure of his place in the league. Yeah. So. Well, I don't yeah. know. Well, yeah. I mean, the other thing too is Scott could just be putting in the legion as, as part of the, I guess reoccurring theme uh, of the storyline, which I guess would be uh, being connected versus being alone, mm-hmm. right? Um, like obviously, there are many instances within this within this first issue where obviously working together and working with others is is the way to go, mm. right? Like whenever the um, whenever we saw the league uh, working together or talking together. Uh, while they were finding the Neanderthals and when they were in the boardroom, um, you always got a sense of hope and 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 a good sense of motivation from these guys, right? Um, to really tackle whatever is going to come in front of them. Uh, same thing with the Legion of Doom, right? Now that they're together and they're connected, um, we can obviously expect some big trouble from them as well. Yeah. Right? Whereas every panel where... Well, I guess John's John's was really the only one that felt a sense of loneliness in this issue. But whenever he was alone, nothing good was happening, right? The very first, the very first uh, panel where we where we get the sense of loneliness is when he tells his son he has to disconnect his mind from every Martian on the planet, um, and then his son immediately dies after that, <laughs> burns up, burns right? up, yeah. So, I think loneliness and 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 connectedness is going to are going to be strong themes within this uh within the storyline and i think both the league and the legion of doom are there to serve as symbols uh for those themes okay yeah i see what you mean now which like although albeit they serve opposite ends of that spectrum and, yeah but it's there, still there's the, still yeah there's still that common ground between them right? of course yeah the only common ground between them yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah, yeah. the only one <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, I think you know yeah, that's a pretty good analysis of the book. I think moving forward, I do hope that idea gets 
you know, brought up a little more as well. First, about the idea of loneliness versus being together. Yeah. Second, the whole idea of totality and affinity. I yeah. think that would be really interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's super cheesy. Uh, I mean, not the not the totality thing because that's obviously brand spanking new, right? But um, the whole like hope and teamwork. It's super cheesy, but it works well within the themes of rebirth mm-hmm. right like it's just like it's just like an umbrella theme and then you got sub themes that yeah. yeah that sort of work really well um and again it's it, it's cheesy but it's good to see again in these comics right really yeah. good to see again and uh i hope that this is a trend that's at least going to continue for the next little while that is what you read comics for right? yeah so. before you hit another dark age <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, I, I, with the cycles of how things go, like eventually, we're, we're going to hit a patch of of books where it's probably going to go back to being a little darker. But uh, I, I like I like the way that things are so far, and uh, I want them to continue this trend as yeah. cheesy as it is. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, I absolutely agree. It's uh, it's a good trend to have. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any sort of I guess final thoughts on the book? I think that about covers all of it. Right? Yeah, I, I yeah, pretty I much. So. Yeah. You have any final thoughts on the book? Uh, really good, really good start to the storyline. Um, I think again, the introduction of the, of, of the Legion could have been done a little bit better. Oh, like yeah, of course, because we've been talking about it for the past like ten minutes. But <laughs> uh, but other than that, I think uh, I think the story was is really good so far. Um, it's it's taking something new that's that was introduced in metal and and it's really running with it i think that was the the greatest thing about and the greatest thing and the point of introducing the source wall uh was to break the mold of 52 yeah right because like it's it's hard to write new stories when you're stuck in that mold right because then you have to find ways to explain things right now when you do stuff the explanation is hey source wall yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So Pretty now much. that that opens a lot of uh, a lot more doors uh, for Scott Snyder and for future writers as well, um, writing stories <clears throat> within this multiverse now. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to issue two, and then we'll have to see because I I really want to know what this thing is now. Yeah. Because exactly. all we saw is just a streak in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, I really want to figure out what this is all about. Uh, but good issue, good story. Uh, really love the artwork by uh, by uh, Mr. Chung, and uh, I hope that they they keep this up for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. the the only The only sort of like, um, if you're a brand new reader to Justice League, I do I do think like there might be a little bit of a confusion as to why, like, what the source wall is. Yes, especially if you didn't read metal. Yeah. Which yeah, then yeah, then yeah, you're gonna be a little confused. But I mean, they do they do they, throw little notes. In yeah, there, they like, do read do this a issue. pretty good yeah. job with not just like read the issue, but like sort of explaining that like hey, something big is coming, something yeah. big is coming. So yeah, I don't. It's good that they don't go too deep into what the source of actually means, but I could see like you know maybe new readers might be a little bit a little bit confused, but. Mm-hmm. As long as you read Dark Knight's Metal, as long as you read the No Justice series, then I think you'll be pretty caught yeah, up. Yeah, like because... in all fairness, like there's not a lot of reading for you that you need to do in order to find out what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So 
that yeah that I think that's it's a really good start to Justice League I think Justice League has been needing this sort of this sort of makeover since the end of New 52 52 did do something really grand with it with Jeff Johns but I think uh, since then it's been sort of been in this lull um, yes yeah so yes. I think um, in this new series with Scott Snyder I think it's going to try to bring back a lot of the sort of like so a lot of people that's looking for that grander story in Justice League mm-hmm. yeah so good first issue good first issue um, so yeah I think that pretty much wraps our discussion on Justice League number one um, if you have any if you have anything you would like to share with us send us an email and uh, you know we can discuss about it or you know just tweet at us uh, let us know what you think about the book but in the meantime Offerings to Dark Side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Yep. I, I was gonna introduce it. it was jeez. I'm just I just listen, I got something I want to introduce and it's super cool. Really? So I'm I'm excited for that. Yeah. Okay, cool. You know, okay, so let's do it. Let's go to Offerings to Dark Side. Offerings to Dark Side. And we're at the Offerings to Dark Side segment. In this segment, what we do is we take something outside of the world of comics and outside of the world of coffee, and we share it with you, the listeners, something that we enjoy and we hope you'll enjoy as well. Uh, This week, I just found out, actually, that Victor has something really exciting to share with us. So uh, I say Victor should go first. Um, Wow. You know, because I'm really excited to hear about it. Um, and you know, I just, I just can't contain my excitement. <laughs> okay, Jerry. <laughs> well, for this week. Yeah. My offering to Dark Side is. Uh huh. Detroit Become Human. Oh. A, a PS4 <laughs> exclusive. It, oh. Let me tell you, Jerry. This game is so good. It is so good. Did you beat it already? I, yeah, I finished it in like two days. Oh my goodness. It was, and I, and I, I've replayed it at least an, an additional time after that oh my goodness it's so good you beat that faster than you did God of War that's for sure well to be fair God of War is a very like it's a very player dominant game if that makes any sense like you're right, controlling yep. every aspect of that game right uh, whereas with with Detroit Become Human as with every other Quantic Dream game you're still controlling the character, right? But there's there's a set story that you're following, and and it's it's more decision based than it is action based. Okay. Right. So, understandably, God of War is going to take you longer to to beat than um, than I a game like the, Detroit uh, Become Human. I would have thought the opposite, truthfully, because like the based on the possibilities from Detroit, I don't have it. I didn't buy it yet. Yeah. But just based on the possibilities you can go with in Detroit, I feel like that would have taken longer. Yeah, but then but. you also, but that's more of a, that's more of an achievement thing more than anything else, right? To, to, unlock all the different potential scenarios within the story. It's the same thing as trying to platinum God of War. It's gonna, I guess t- so, yeah. it's gonna take you yeah. forever. It's just, but that, at that point, it's a choice. Yeah. Right. Uh, but it is such a good game, and, and I guess just to give a little synopsis for for listeners, right? Uh, Detroit Become Human is a game that's set in the near future where service androids exist. Um, these androids are are very lifelike; they're almost indistinguishable from human beings, other than the fact that they have a blue, a little glowing blue ring on the side of their temple. 
and almost every household uh, has an Android, right? So they do all the cooking, cleaning, taking care of the kids, etc. Um, so you can obviously imagine why there's so many of them and why they're so popular, right? Um, some of these Androids start becoming quote unquote deviant, which means that they start developing their own thoughts and their own free will. Um, and that ends up becoming a recurring theme within within the game, which is androids basically having free will and then trying to fight for equal rights um, and whether humans will accept them or not. Right. So it's a very it's a very socially conscious game, uh, which, you know, forces you to reflect upon yourself as well as a, uh, as an individual. Right. Mm -hmm. And to really take a deeper look within yourself and, and and really try and figure out what's the best thing, not not for you, but what's the best thing for these people, right? Um, and the graphics are amazing. Yeah, I saw I saw the graphics. Yeah, <laughs> the graphics are so good. <laughs> like I was just I was in shock. I only I don't even have a four K like. I don't have the PS4 Pro. This is a regular PS4. Yeah, yeah. And it still looks so good. Yeah, yeah. Like, I can only imagine... Like, because I have a 4K like TV, yeah. right? So if I hooked up a PS4 Pro and played that game, like, what would it look like? Mm. Uh, but again, the game is called Detroit Becoming Human by Quantic Dream. Uh, definitely, definitely go out and get your hands on it. 100%. Yeah. It sounds like a cool game. I might try to pick it up at some point. You should. Yeah, oh, I'm still trying to platinum God of War. So. <laughs> it's been like a year. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's taking a little bit. It's taking a little bit of time. But uh, once I get through that, I think I'll probably go try to pick up Detroit. It does sound really cool. Yeah. What about you, Jerry? What are you offering this week? Um, this week, I'm offering something. It's called Highbrow. Okay. So it's a website called Highbrow. Um, the website is gohighbrow.com. Mm -hmm. um, the idea is that you don't really have a lot of time to learn new courses and new stuff. Like sometimes it could be a little overwhelming. Right. So what this place does is it takes courses. Um, they have like um, sort of, they have people from like all over, like sort of teach these little sort of bite-sized courses. Yeah. And they, they break it down into 10 days. Mm -hmm. And basically what it is, is every morning you'll get an email and it's got each of the, and it'll have that day's worth of material. Okay. And it's very simple. It's about, it's like a quick five minute read mm -hmm. that you, it's just in your email. It's got infographics and stuff. Yeah. And it's a quick five minute read. And these teachers or professors or whoever, they'll break it down into very digestible stuff. Mm -hmm. In 10 days, you would have learned that thing. So there's a lot of different things you can learn, like, uh, you know, managing, uh, managing projects. There'll be yeah. one where it's just like how to how to design a site quick. Um, you know, managing productivity and blah blah blah. There's a lot of really cool stuff. And what there'll be like uh, learn the history of the French Revolution or whatever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very basic stuff broken down into ten day courses. Each morning you'll get an email. It's about a five minute read. Yeah. And the the cool thing with this is. Because a lot of people would then be sort of tempted to overwhelm themselves. Not overwhelm, but just like apply for a bunch of different ones. But then you get so many different ones in a day that you would probably just get lazy and not do them. Yeah. 
with this, you can only sign up for one course at a time. Ah, so okay. you sign up for the one course, you put in your email address, you sign up for the one course, and then it says, okay, cool, your course is happening over the next 10 days. Then every day you get the email, you finish it, and at the end of it, you say, okay, cool, it's done. Uh, why don't you go sign up for another one? Yeah. And then you go sign up for another one, sign up for another one. So mm-hmm. I think it's really cool because it it helps people that are sort of afraid to tackle certain subjects Mm-hmm. Or there'll be just like little subjects where you just don't, you you just don't think about applying for stuff like that, or think about where to find materials for stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, for example, I'm I'm seeing some courses here. It's like one of them is called Introduction to Design Thinking. Yeah. Um, and then there's another one called How to Be a Great Boss, Logic Basics, Understanding Arguments, mm-hmm. like very basic stuff that they've broken down into 10 simple days yeah. of 10 you know simple lessons for you to learn and digest mm-hmm. and at the end of it you come out with a little more knowledge and you go on to the next one yeah and it really doesn't intrude on your day because you know quick segments yeah right you wake up in the morning you probably drink a coffee or drink a tea or whatever and you just you just read it as you're doing that mm-hmm. so it, it's a really cool idea and I've done a few already and yeah. it's uh it, it's been interesting because I don't find that it's really taking up much of my days or anything. I'm not putting like significant amount of effort into learning something, right? Yeah. It just, it comes to you every day. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. There's some cool stuff. So it's, yeah, it's called Highbrow mm-hmm. and it's gohighbrow.com. Gohighbrow.com. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. So I think definitely people should check it out. So that about wraps up the segment and that wraps up our show. So thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play and our website at darkgrosscomics.podbean.com. Please also remember to rate and leave us a review on iTunes if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book you would like us to discuss to discuss on the show, please email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics. You can find myself on Twitter on twitter.com slash utterlygeeky, and my co-host Victor at twitter.com slash victorjyoung. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics. And we also have a Facebook page going. It's at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics. Uh, if you'd like to be a part of the community, join us on our Facebook group at Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. Crime doesn't pay. Okay. Just, you know, simple advice to, you know, justice. Crime doesn't pay. <laughs>